This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It's Let's now ride. Time for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What's up, Dodger fans? Thank you for listening to a March edition of the Incline Dodgers podcast. We're back after a few days, and your Dodgers have had a lot of spring training games under their belt now. Some good stuff. I can't wait to talk about James Outman and Ryan Pepio on this podcast. We got some injuries to cover, the World Baseball Classic, and some other Dodgers news. Let me kick it over to David Rosenthal, who's back after about a month absence. He's been battling real estate and COVID and all kinds of things. It's good to be back. Yeah, it was this is definitely the longest I've I've been without being on this podcast, but uh I am back. So bad news for my enemies. I woke up, I'm alive, uh, and I'm happy to be talking Dodgers. James Outman is clearly the the thing that I want to talk about the most. Uh, I got some strong opinions on him and his role. Um, but it is definitely good to be back. All right. Jake Reiner is also in the house, but let's get the show rolling. So some news and notes. First up, Gavin Lux underwent surgery on his ACL, but he also had a diagnosis of a torn LCL, which is a worse prognosis than the Dodgers thought. So we had already assumed he will be out all of 2023. He may now also miss a little of 2024 David Rosenthal is probably the biggest Gavin Lux fan here, so he didn't get a chance to speak on the Lux injury when it happened. So here we go. Yeah, I mean, it's just a shitty situation overall. I mean, he was poised for his, finally, he's getting to start at shortstop, his natural position. Uh, he's been working out at Dodger Stadium since since Christmas with everybody, clearly working hard, went to drive line, put on some weight. Uh, and it's just a, a horrible, horrible way to, go out essentially uh obviously he'll be back uh there's no real free agent shortstop next year there's no shortstop in the dodgers farm system that's going to come up and magically surpass him so he's going to get his chance uh it's just going to be delayed a year and obviously with with the lcl injury as well as the acl uh it puts a little bit of a wrench in it but if i had to guess i mean he's got a full year before spring training of next year so i think if he's you know going to put as much work into his rehab and recovery as he did uh, to plan for this season. I think he'll be back in time for spring training next year. Obviously I'm not a doctor, but we saw Daniel Hudson tear his ACL uh, and he's going to be back maybe around opening day. Who knows? Uh, So we'll see again. It's just a really shitty situation. Uh, I feel awful for him personally. Uh, I mean, he's, if you saw the, the press conference after he, after he, uh, tore it. It was kind of emotional and sad. And there's no, there's no really good thing anyone can say out of this, except that he's going to get a chance next year. Speaking of injuries, 
It was reported just the other day after a, a very nice spring training outing that Tony Gonsolin is expected to miss opening day and could start the season on the IL, which I think leaves now a opening spot in the rotation. And if I were a betting man, I think Ryan Pepio is going to deserve that spot, especially after his latest spring training showing. He had four strikeouts in three innings. He's been pretty dialed in all of spring. The control is taken to the next level. That changeup that everyone is so fond of has looked excellent this spring. Michael Grove has had some good impressions as well. But if I were to pick one, I think Ryan Pepio is your best bet to be that fifth man in the Dodgers rotation. Here's the thing about Pepio that I've really enjoyed watching so far this spring is his command. He is really around the strike zone. He has nine strikeouts so far and only one walk, which he gave up today. So going into today's outing, he hadn't given up a walk yet. And if you compare his 1.5 ERA this spring to last year, where he only had three appearances, so same amount of time, he had a 13.50 ERA with five walks and six strikeouts. So obviously the one thing that they wanted to work on this offseason was his command. So far it looks really good. Michael Grove has similar number similar numbers to Pepio. 3 games started, 6 innings, 1.5 ERA and a whip of 0.33. So those two guys are looking great. But the one thing I want to say about Tony Gonsolin is Jesus Christ how many injuries is this guy going to rack up? He yeah. he is just always hurt. And this latest one kind of was strange walking off the mound. I mean, and he's going to be out for a while now. It's just so bizarre that you could prep as much as these players prep for spring training and, and these kinds of injuries happen. And again, Gavin Lux too, another injury prone player, but for Tony Gonsolin, it, it has been quite frustrating for him uh, to to stay healthy, and it's and and in a rotation that already is thin uh, in terms of guys that are injury prone. Most of the guys in the rotation, minus Julio Urias, is injury prone. That's what this Dodgers team is built for: it's the guys like Pepio and Michael Grove and Bobby Miller and all of those guys waiting in the wings, but. Yeah, just for him to not be ready this year after what happened in the postseason and, and kind of the way he went out last season uh, is really disappointing. I don't think it's that big of a deal. If anything, I'd prefer him to miss some time at the beginning of the season anyways, because his career high in innings is what, 130 and he broke down after that anyways. So he's, it 20, he's 28 years old, Kevin. Like what? What? Like, I don't understand why he's gassing out so quickly. It's not just him, though. It's a major league baseball issue, and he just happens to be one of many guys who can only go so many innings. That's just well, back how it in goes. my day. <laughs> yes, yell at those, yell at those clouds, Jake. <laughs> I actually think this Dodgers rotation, assuming we can have at least four or five guys healthy at any given point, has the depth now with the Pepios, the Michael Groves. And then let's not forget Gavin Stone is definitely going to make a major league appearance this year. He has looked phenomenal with his changeup as well. And then a guy we have not seen much of, but he will make an impact at some point is Bobby Miller. So plug in, you can plug and chug them wherever we got the puzzle pieces. All that matters is that these guys are pitching at their best in August and September going into October. Yeah, I agree. And I, I do think, Pepio is going to be the guy to take Gonsolin's place for sure. Uh, I think 
it's only going to be between him and Grove because they have major league experience already. I don't think they're going to go to Gavin Stone, even if he throws three no-hitters starting now in spring training. Uh, I think they're going to go with Pepio. Way higher ceiling, higher prospect. Uh, I think Michael Grove is going to be kind of the Mitch White this year uh, when there's an injury or they need someone in a spot start, I think that'll be him. I think Pepio is going to get a real chance. Uh, and who knows if he pitches well, he may not give that rotation spot back. I mean, if, if he's lights out, I don't see how you can just send him back down. I mean, the Dodgers are not going to be the division favorites this year. They're not going to be what we're used to in, in, in the NL West. I mean, the Padres are clearly the favorites in this division. And if you got a guy who's not supposed to have a rotation spot, but is pitching like he he deserves one, you have to keep him in there. And what that looks like when Gonsolin returns, I don't know. You can go to a six-man rotation. I don't know what you're going to do. But if he's pitching his ass off, you can't be sending him down. You're going to be in a in a, a dogfight for this division the entire year. And every game is going to matter. This is not going to be uh, what we're used to in terms of this division race. That's a really good point. You mentioned Daniel Hudson, another guy that's just starting to face hitters in simulated games. Also doubtful for opening day, but shouldn't miss too much time. And then Yancy Almonte, who I was actually surprised he's been MI. I don't know what he's dealing with, but he's finally facing hitters as well. A guy that was injured to kick off off spring, but finally has been cleared to swing a bat is Miguel Vargas. We got the impressions with the glove in his first at bat got a double off the wall so this is a guy that's kind of a key to the success for the Dodgers this upcoming season so finally cleared with the fracture in his pinky swinging the bat like what I see out of Miguel Vargas it looks like he really took that time when he was not able to swing to heart because he he talked about how he was able to see pitches differently. And when you know you're not going to swing, you can really study the timing and, and all of that. So I'm not suggesting that this should be a, uh, a a practice going forward. But when you got a guy that can't swing the bat and you and you need to get him looks in spring, especially at second base, that's what's one way to do it. Before today, he was 0 for 8 with four walks, which is kind of remarkable. The, the, the fact that the guy, the other team knew he wasn't going to swing, just throw four lobs down, three lobs down the middle and you're, and you're done. So that was a bit weird. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he struck, he struck out eight times, uh, obviously looking so for, so today for him to step up to the plate first at bat, and this wasn't a cheapie, this was almost a home run. He crushed this ball to deep left center field that hopped over the fence for a ground rule double. He was one for three today. I am really excited for Miguel Vargas. It seems like he's really taken to J.D. Martinez. He talked about it in his in-game interview today that J.D. Martinez has been helping him uh, learn English. Uh, He's really values the relationship with him, and they were working out together in the offseason. And I just love hearing that uh, from a guy like J.D. Martinez. Yeah, the thing I want to say about him is he looks phenomenal at second base. I was gonna. I was kind of concerned about the defense going into this because he never really played second base. He looks really fucking good at second base defensively. Very so, smooth. Yeah, I mean, props to him. Clearly, he's been working at it in the off season, so he he's definitely earned his spot on this on this team and 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 a full runway of at bats and uh, starts. 
Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Absolutely. Great question coming from a lifelong listener and friend of the show to Roscoe94 with Gavin Lux out for the year. Which player has the greatest chance of making the opening day roster? I'll start. I've been hearing mixed things. Some people say he needs to start in AAA to get regular at bats. I don't think so. My guy is James Outman, who's batting over 400 this spring with a home run and four RBIs. It was an absolute crime last season that they didn't give him enough at bats because they chose to go with guys like Joey Gallo and even Trace Thompson to an extent. James Outman is a major leaguer. This is an instant impact player. People say he strikes out too much. I don't think that's an issue. He's able to shorten up the swing to get base hits. He can hit the long ball. He can hit for doubles. All I'm seeing is this guy raking. Defensively, he's an expert as well. Fully trust him out there in center field. It looks like he can catch anything that's within 50 feet of him or two football stadiums away from him. This guy is legitimate. The Dodgers need to give him full reign and I'll go into more detail why I think he's going to get a lot of at bats later on, but James Outman is my guy. He needs to be on the opening day roster. Yeah. So there's no excuse for him not to be on the roster. Uh, Lux went down. There's a spot. He has done everything you could possibly want in a player going back to last year when they called him up. I mean, this guy has not shown one ounce of he doesn't belong. And it's not like he's getting younger. And it's, again, like I said earlier, it's not like the Dodgers have a ton of wiggle room this year. You need guys who are going to produce every day, every game. You can't take any games off like you have in the past. And yes, Jason Hayward is going to make the roster. I'm not saying he shouldn't make the roster, but you can't not have Outman on on this roster. There's plenty of at-bats for him to go around. I mean, there's you you put Rojas and Taylor at shortstop. You got two outfield spots between three or four guys, uh, Hayward, Peralta, uh, Taylor, Thompson, and, and Outman, uh, with Taylor maybe playing short a lot too. So there's plenty of room for him on this roster. You got the DH. J.D. Martinez isn't going to play every day. You need him. You simply need him on the team. He deserves to be the starting center fielder. I, I think. agree. I think he should be the starting center fielder, especially, look, 
this is the first time in a while the Dodgers have had an, a wide open position like this and, and a very important one in center field. I mean, it's been manned by Cody Bellinger for the for, you know, however, however long that's been. So this is a wide open deal. And James Outman has proven time and time again that AAA is just not hard enough for him. I mean, the way he dominated AAA last year, he hit two cycles. And then when he came up to the big leagues for like a half an hour, he destroyed major league pitching, albeit it was the Rockies. But the point is, is that he came onto the scene and show and proved that he that he belonged and then never got a second look the rest of the way, yeah. which was kind of frustrating since the Dodgers kind of very, you know, very formulaic kind of, you know, was sleepwalking to the end there to the playoffs. So it would have been nice to have him be a little bit of a spark plug. You look at the other two guys besides Hayward, who has two homers this spring. The other two guys that are competing for playing time and also competing for roster spots have been atrocious. Trace Thompson is one for 13 this spring. That's an 077 batting average, only two RBIs, not really proving that he, you know, it's not a given that he's going to get playing time or make this roster. So for him to have that output so far is a little disappointing. Plus he's now away from the Dodgers going to play for team great Britain for some reason in the world baseball classic. (laughs) And then, and then you've got Chris Taylor who, by, by the way, had a, you know, pretty bad season in 2022, the first year that the Dodgers gave him that big contract. And for him to come out this spring and be three of 19, three for 19 with a one, you know, it's a 158 clip with one RBI so far. I'm just not very impressed. And he too went to driveline. So I don't know what's going on. He looks exactly the same that he, that he did last season. So those two guys not really showing much at the plate. I think you got, you just have to award the guy that's been producing. And that that's, that's what I would go with. Yeah. I completely agree. I don't think they're going to necessarily outright make him the starting center fielder, but he definitely deserves it. And at this point, knowing the Dodgers organization, I'm just hoping he makes the opening day roster and is in the rotation. Yeah, I I can't see them leaving him off. They did say that Jason Hayward is a safe bet to make the opening day roster, but they're not going to give it to a guy like Bradley Zimmer, who's had a nice spring as well, batting over 300. They're not going to give that last spot, I don't think, to Yanni Hernandez, but they very well could. He's another guy who's had an impressive spring batting in the 400s, but it's got to be James Outman. The other nice thing that we're going to see is Dave Roberts said that we should be seeing Mookie Betts play a little bit more time at second base this season. Not really a surprise given their lack of depth now in the infield with Miguel Rojas being your everyday shortstop, essentially. Miguel Vargas is going to need days off or he's going to need days probably at third to give Max Muncy games off. So you'll have Mookie Betts at second. That opens up a spot for James Outman to get some outfield time along with whoever else it's going to be, whether it's Peralta Taylor or Peralta and um, Thompson, they have options. And yeah, you, you mentioned the Trace Thompson atrocious stat one for 13 or whatever it is. I don't think he's going to even be a safe bet to survive the season at the rate he's going. So they need a guy like James Outman because this is going to be a tougher season than in years past because repeat of 2021, I guess, where the Dodgers probably finally have some competition in the division. And does Trace Thompson have options? I don't Uh, think think so. Yeah, I don't think so. He's been DFA'd a lot. So, yeah. Okay. He's also been in the league a while. I don't know. So what would they have to do? Release him, or or if he doesn't accept like a minor league, you know, assignment, release him? Because I think they have to DFA him. Yeah. How many? Like, let's talk about this. How many bench spots are available right now? 
like how many are they going to carry? Are they going to carry more bet more position players or or pitchers? What's the max pitchers? Is it twelve or thirteen? I think it's thirteen, well, it's right? Twenty six man roster. It usually gets trimmed to thirteen. I don't know if they're going to do like last year where they were allowed fourteen pitchers, but thirteen. It's just just thirteen, thirteen. Let's just go with that. Yeah. Barnes is obviously one. So there's three more, and then we'll just say Thompson's your second at the moment. And then an open Peralta is going to make it. He's probably a starter. Um, Taylor would then be. You either put him in center, I guess, or we could. Yeah, so let's 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 do this. Let's operate that Hayward is in center. Okay. Peralta's in left. Or let's do Taylor in left because Taylor's probably going to start. Let's be real. Uh, And Rojas at short, Muncy third. Uh, Vargas at second, Martinez at DH. So you got Thompson, Peralta, uh, Peralta, Barnes, Barnes and, then and the probably Outman. Yeah. And who'd you say? It, it's the open spot, which yeah, yeah, you would hope is Outman. So that would so be then so bench. then Trace so then Trace Thompson is not on this roster in that iteration. No, I think did we not say him? Did you? I, I didn't hear you say it. So Barnes, Peralta, Thompson, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Got it. All right. Yeah. Cause you need a right-handed bat. It's a lot of lefties. You, you Thompson's probably going to make it. We're going to take a quick break right here to tell you guys about tick pick proud sponsor of the incline Dodgers podcast. Tick pick is the best ticketing website out there. No service fees at checkout. Not only that, but they have the most competitive prices in the industry. So whatever you're seeing on StubHub or Ticketmaster, download the TickPick app and you're going to see, oh yeah, it's the same price, if not less. Oh, and I don't have to pay service fees. You can also, on that app, if you're a first-time purchaser, use the promo code INCLINE, in all caps, at checkout off your first purchase of $49 or more, and you're going to save 10 bucks right away. So who doesn't want to save money? You can catch me and Jake at spring training. I bought my tickets on the tick pick app. Got a great deal. You can also go watch your favorite NBA team. You can go see your favorite band live in concert. You can find tick pick events for just about anything. So do yourself a favor, download the tick pick app, save some money and go see your favorite live entertainment. That sounds pretty mm-hmm. accurate to me, given the too many outfielders. Dodgers roster construction. Well, <laughs> but you got you also got guys like Taylor and Mookie and and Vargas who can play all over. So yeah, yeah, you're right. Not too worried about it at the moment. Um, what else? All right, I guess it's time to get into the the pitch clock. This is what Dodge sixteen underscore twelve, aka Steve M, has been waiting for us to debate. I am in favor of the pitch clock. I think David is opposed to the pitch clock. And then Jake, as usual, somewhere in the middle. So (laughs) do we want to start with why we hate it? Or do we want to start with why we or why I like it? Go ahead. Yeah. 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 Set the case for us. All right. This was long overdue, in my opinion, because the pace of play in Major League Baseball was going downhill. It was getting out of hand. Guys like. You Darvish, Manny Machado, even Pedro Bias from a few years ago, just grabbing their jock, taking 30 seconds to throw a freaking pitch or taking 20 seconds to step in the batter's box. These games, it's not so much that they're too long. It's that there's just 
way too much dead time from 2021 or sorry, from 2020 to 2022, the average length of a nine inning game ranged from 303 to three hours and 10 minutes. So far in spring training last season, the average spring training game was three hours and one minute. This season, it's been two hours and 36 minutes. That's 25 minutes shaved off. Yet run production has increased. We've, we're seeing 11 runs per game versus 10.6 last season. And with the bigger bases and less pickoff attempts allowed, stolen base, stolen base attempts have increased as well. Something that fans, I think, unanimously want to see is more stolen bases or attempts at least. 2.4 this year versus 1.6 last season. I'll just say... I don't think this is going to be as impactful as many people think in terms of bad calls. We had that one ninth inning blunder against the Red Sox and whoever it was where the game ended on a bat uh, batter's box violation for a called strike three. My one little thing that I would like to see is maybe they get rid of the clock in the ninth inning, but innings one through eight much needed. I am a big fan of these games not so much ending sooner, but just more pace of play. I think this is great. All right. So I, I get the idea overall. I'm not opposed to the general idea of it, but the execution so far has been atrocious. I don't want to see pitchers rushing to throw the ball. It is completely taken out the intention of baseball. You know, every pitch means something and every pitch matters and what you go what goes into that decision making matters and now with this 20 second pitch clock you kind of just have to be like all right well this is happening and hurry up and throw it so it's taking out the the deliberateness the intention of every single pitch for me and hate 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 the batter's box thing i mean you're gonna just go up there with an zero and one count just because you didn't walk fast enough to the plate I mean, this 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 execution of this idea is atrocious. First of all, if you're going to do it, you need to extend the, the clock. 15 seconds with nobody on and 20 seconds with somebody on is, is too short. You got to go at least 20 and 25. You got to give these guys a little bit more time to figure it out. Nobody cares that the game is 20 minutes shorter. Okay, what are you going to do with that extra 20 minutes of your life? Nothing. Go to sleep. No. Everybody who likes baseball doesn't give a shit about that 20 minutes. They want to see the best players on the field. They want the best pitch-to-pitch performance you can possibly have. And this pitch clock is going to lead to rushed performance. It's going to lead to rushed, unprepared pitchers, unprepared hitters. You're going to see violations in in crucial parts of the game, maybe in the playoffs, because you didn't you didn't get the pitch in time. So you're going to start 1-0 in a playoff game in the ninth inning. I mean, this, this is has potential to be a complete disaster. You could end a playoff game this way. You could affect a game seven this way. And it's, it, I'm telling you this, there's going to be a moment when this is going to be a disaster. Again, I like the general idea of it, but the implementation and the execution so far is poor. And that's what I expect from Rob Manfred. I'm just hoping he's got, he has the balls to admit that this needs tweaking. And the other thing I hate is the pickoff rule. Uh, you only get two pickoffs, I believe it is, per batter. And if yep. you do it again, you have to pick the guy off or it's, what, a balk? A balk. I mean, what are we doing here? What like what the hell is that rule? I, it just, it's, I don't know. It's Increases st- stolen base attempts. I, why? Why are we doing this? Why are we people, appeasing the fans, people who don't even like baseball? 
fans like stolen bases. Who? What? No, fans you, like well executed baseball. They don't like oh someone threw picked over twice and now there's an automatic man on second base. No, it's 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 not ruining baseball, but we're on a slippery slope of what the hell are we doing here? You say it's poor execution, but where's the stat to back that up? Because so far they did a year of that in the minors at AAA, I think. They had an average of two violations per game, and that's kind of been that's the trend. too, too many. Why? There's violations in all sports, even for initially that? in baseball. So it's you're new... saying in the NBA, someone should get a violation if they don't go to the free throw line quick enough, essentially? That, that is a violation. There is That is a violation. When does that ever happen? I've never Gian- seen that. Giannis, ever look at look look up Giannis Antetokounmpo. That happens to him all the time. He takes forever to shoot a free throw. I've never seen them call a violation on him. They have. And what's the penalty? Missed free throw, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. Well, I've never seen personally. I've never seen that happen. Okay. Let's let me break the tie here a little bit. So I I, I hear what both of you are saying, and I'm inclined to lean towards Kevin's uh, point of view, because I, I too enjoy shorter, shorter games. It does move it along a lot quicker. And these spring training games are going really quick. I mean, some are, you know, two hours and 15 minutes, two hours and 20 minutes. I mean, it is, it is really nice. And I, and I get it in principle, it, it is a good thing, but here, here's the, here's the part of the pitch clock that I absolutely hate. And I don't think it's necessary. I think it's stupid to have the batter be required to be ready with eight seconds to go. Meaning not only do you have to be in the box, but you have to be ready to hit with eight seconds left. Why are we doing this? If you're not ready to hit and you're in the box, even before the pitch clock, that meant the pitcher could pitch the ball. You didn't have to be ready. So if if you're not ready to hit, sorry, pal, but that's on you. You should not be, that should not be a violation. The violation should be, are you in the box? Get in the box. And if you're in the box and you're doing whatever, the pitcher can throw the ball whenever he wants to. So I don't understand that rule. But here's what I do know. I think that you're going to see some of these really crucial moments during the beginning parts of the year where it'll be really frustrating and you might have games end on this on this stuff, which is really, really unfortunate to end a game like that. However, I truly believe that they will figure it out. They have 162 games to figure this out. They will get into some sort of rhythm. They're working out the kinks right now in spring training. So I don't I don't foresee it being that big of an issue in the postseason. Now, you know that the postseason is a different animal. It brings that type of pressure and how unbelievably horrendous it would be, like David said, to be in a situation where you're already down a strike and you have two outs and there are runners in scoring position and the game is on the line and you're already behind in the count. That's going to suck. So that part I'm worried about, but so far I, I'm I'm okay with it. I just think they got it rid- they gotta get rid of that eight second rule because it makes it makes no sense. I just hope they have the balls to be able to amend this at some point. You know, I hope they don't just do this and be like, this is what's happening forever. I hope they're willing to at least be malleable with their restrictions and be like, okay, this is working. This isn't really working so much. Let's tweak this a little bit. I hope they actually do that. Uh, and it's more of a, a living document, if you will, of this system. Uh, I think it I, should be completely removed for the playoffs, in my opinion. I agree. And I I also hope that they have the balls to do a mid-season adjustment, like, like they did with the spider attack and the sticky stuff. 
that was in the middle of the season that they put that rule in place. So we know that they that they can change the way it is in the middle of a this, season if they want to. This one might not happen because I think the players union has to agree to this type of drastic of a rule change. But like you said, they could they could easily adjust this for the following season. We don't even know yet like what the postseason rules are. I think I don't think they have been finalized with this current format. I just think that uh, us as Dodgers fans, we are so shell-shocked for things to not go our way that this is one more thing that could go against us in the playoffs and it's not going to be on Dave Roberts. Well, you know, I mean, like just, that's just that's the scary this. part. Like, playoffs, the stadiums are 10 times louder in the regular season. You're in the ninth inning. You got a tie game. You're, the, the, you're on the road. Your pitcher's pitching and he can't hear. He's doing the pitch comm system and he can't hear anything. And what's going to happen? He's just going to get on the mound and hopefully just throw the pitch that the catcher thinks step is coming. off, just step off. You get, well, you, you only get, get one of those. You, you only get, get two. two of those. So you, if you use your step offs, then what happens? And then you get a timeout. You'll have the catcher. It's just, I, I just don't see it in the regular season. If you want to do it, that's fine. But in the playoffs, this is just going to be I, bad. I'm not I'm in the sky is falling mode. I I'll wait till I see it, but until it something bad actually happens, I think they're moving in the right direction. And I mean, when the modern era of baseball started through 1985, you know how long the average game was in nine innings? Two hours and 30 minutes. Then during kind of the beginning of the steroid era through 2011, how long were games? Two hours and 50 minutes. So what's going on with these millennials taking their two freaking long damn time to get into the box or taking, in some cases like Pedro Baez, two minutes to throw one single pitch. We have two videos now where one Jose Altuve had like eight inside the park home runs before that was Pedro in the Baez World series though, right? No, Pedro Baez that was against the Cubs in the NLCS. Okay, so it was in the playoffs. So he had intention two behind minutes. every pitch. Every it, pitch matters. That was not every pitch matters. Yes, Come every on. pitch matters. It doesn't take two minutes to throw one pitch. Obviously two minutes, but you got to factor in. He was throwing to first base a couple times and he stepped off and it was loud. So I'm just saying that was the norm with him. It's 15 seconds and 20 seconds is too short. You got to add five seconds each way. Yeah, they can adjust the time, but the the principle of having a pitch clock was much needed. I said I agree with the general principle. It's just the implementation and the execution of the rules is is poor so far. I would not say short. It's not too short. Well, we'll see what happens when all these teams' bottom lines are going are tanking because nobody can buy beer anymore because these games are too quick. <laughs> this concession, the concession stand is not going to be affected because it's still like that two-hour and ten-minute break between innings. They didn't get rid of that. And they stopped well, selling beer if after you got, this. If you got to pee, you better run up to the bathroom. Otherwise, you're going to miss two innings. I don't know. Oh, you want to go to the team store? Sorry, the game's over. <laughs> we'll get there. You better get there early then. Yeah. Well, it's it's if not you like live these LA, games. It's not like it's these not games that are simple ending in one early. hour. They're gonna be, especially when the regular season starts. It'll probably be two hour and forty five minute games. So you lost. What, I hope so. But Twenty I, minutes. I'm not sure. I mean, it's it's hard you got to, less shit to time get the to Dodger on, Stadium got, on time to begin with. So add this. People are instead of getting there in the second inning, people are gonna be getting there in the fourth inning. I think that's a little dramatic. I don't think these innings are going to be like two minutes, but they're going to be quicker. And sorry if 
you can't have as much time now to look down at your phone because you're going to miss three pitches. I don't, I don't need like a sprint when I'm at a baseball game. When I go to a baseball game and I'm watching a baseball game, I'm, I'm saddled in, you know, I'm not I mean, it's, rush. I think it's mainly for the TV audience. It's not for the people that are there because of the people that are there that you don't, you don't figure, you don't like, you know, think about how much time has passed. You you're you're there hanging out, having a beer, talking to your buddy. It's a you know it's a nice kind of leisurely activity w- during the regular season. Not anymore. So, but I agree with you about that. I mean, for for Dodger Stadium especially, where it is the worst stadium in baseball to get to on time. Yeah, that's going to be an issue. I think you will have people show up in the fourth inning. I think that will happen. Hundred percent. Leave earlier, or maybe they should fix their freaking parking lot situation. Well, that's well, never happening. And especially with McCourt owning it, it's, he's he's loving this chaos. That's sick, son of a bitch. Add more lanes. <laughs> Add more. And, and most people can't get off work early enough to to leave exactly. as comfortable as they want to. Exactly, it's, and it's yeah. far. It's hard to get to. You don't. Not everyone lives right next to the stadium. And you leave it. You get off work at five. You're fucked traffic wise. Oh well, everyone oh, will well. have to adjust. Not, oh well, what do you adjust? How do you adjust that? Take Leave a helicopter. Early. It Leave is. Earlier. It is. It is better for the TV audience, not so much for the audience that is there. Not better for me. I don't think Dodgers are going to take a revenue hit. I'll just leave it at that. I think. I think every team will take a revenue hit. I think every team is going to get more revenue because people are going to be like, "Awesome, I can get home by nine thirty now." Well, the TV ratings might go up. Yeah. I don't know. You want to hear a crazy stat I heard? Yes. So the University of Michigan football team in eight home games last year had more fans than the Oakland A's did at all of their home games last season. Combined? Yes. Wow. Obviously, the seating seating discrepancy is different, but eight games compared to 81, I guess. It's insane. Yeah. And they'll probably get that same attendance this year. I think that's all we have to cover today on this episode. Was there anything else you guys wanted to hit for final thoughts? Yes. Clayton Kershaw will make his spring training debut on Friday. So if you're listening to this tonight, it'll be tomorrow. And the plan is for him to go four innings. So I'm excited to see what he looks like because according to him, he is 100% healthy and he hit some sort of snag in the WBC rules that prevented him from being on Team USA, which really sucks. But I'm happy that he's reporting to camp fully healthy, and I'm excited to see what he does. Yeah, that's the only thing I care about. As long as he's healthy, I don't care if he gives up 10 runs. Just just be healthy. Also, <laughs> how about that John Heyman tweet about Miguel Vargas? Oh, my God. That was so infuriating. because I do it was not like- know what he's doing. Yeah, you're a national baseball reporter. How do you not know that he's not cleared to swing? And how are you bothered if even if you did know that, which I don't think he did, how are you bothered by him getting like the timing right in spring training? Like you're some like cactus league like purist. I get it. I I would get it if he tweeted something about that after the first game, right? But it had been going on for (laughs) four or five games at this point. It's like it's widely known why he's not swinging the bat. It's not so so bad. He tried to take like a swipe at like, oh, the Dodgers are smarter than everyone else. No, you idiot. It was just a weird thing to like. He's had the worst offseason of any reporter. He really has, and it continues. Thank you guys so much.
for listening to this week's episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. You can catch me at spring training starting tomorrow, Friday through Monday. I'll also be at the WBC. What about you, Jake? I will be there too. I'll be there for a full week starting uh, Saturday. So come find us. Say hello. We'll be watching some Dodgers and Team USA. And on that note, maybe we'll uh, we'll have a, another spring training episode coming up soon. So thank you guys so much for listening to the Incline Dodgers podcast. And make sure to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. That's all we got this week, folks. Have a good week. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.